0: Hello, you guys. Welcome back to Everyone Talks to Liz, special edition. Here's what we've done. We have busted out the double doors of the Fox Business Studios in Midtown Manhattan. We're in Las Vegas, Nevada, the city I like to call double D's, dreams and divorces. A lot of people, though, see opportunity in Vegas kind of like tinsel, temporarily very glittery and eye-catching, but You know what, when it ends up in the gutter after Christmas, not so pretty, but do they see Vegas as the kind of place where a high school dropout who by night repossessed cars and by day helped his dad run a 24 hour business in a strip mall? Can become a multi-millionaire international TV star? Well, look who we have here. Someone who's done that. Rick Harrison started working at his dad's gold and silver pawn shop at age 13. After ditching high school in 10th grade to sell fake Gucci bags, (laughs) Rick fake Gucci, he decided to head right back to the family business and partner with his dad. Their no-nonsense style with a healthy dose of monkey business and humor caught the eye of producers who launched the show Pawn Stars with Rick and his dad, old Rick, as the stars. In 2011, Pawn Stars became the History Channel's highest-rated series ever. Today, the show is in its, what, 22nd season?
2: I start uh, I start season 21. next 21. Time. I think it's 21, something like that. Okay, you've forgotten.
0: Okay, because you're such a big star. (laughs) The man himself, Rick Harrison, is here to talk about the years-long climb to gold star status. Welcome to Everyone Talks to Liz. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's great to have you. And people see you on TV, they know you from Pawn Stars, but they don't know your background. Oh my gosh i could not believe it and we've got actually an audience here this is our first big everyone talks to liz audience uh you guys do not know this you were in eighth grade and you had to go to rehab but for a very interesting health reason
2: tell us oh, okay well no i mean i am um, i had a um, you know i had epilepsy when i was a kid uh, i had bad epilepsy I mean, to the point where uh you know uh, i'd have seizures so bad that um, i couldn't walk and tear all the muscles in my back and my legs um i read a lot um, you know so like you know we were poe <laughs>
0: <laughs> you were so poe you weren't even poor yeah. uh, you lost uh, yeah. the o and the r at the end
2: you know i mean my, my dad's in the navy he's in vietnam um and, you know my mom's trying to sell real estate on the side she's got a library and get me books and stuff like that um it got to the point where you know it was just you know terrible government health care, you know, um, I was getting, you know, I thought I was going to die, you know I mean? I was told I was most likely going, going to, so I did a lot of drugs, you know, why not party like a rock star until, um, you, know, you know, because, but um, I stopped doing that and everything, but and, but, um, you know, I didn't know, I mean, there was no information back then, you know, we, we, the, the only information I had was the library and the... F- Wagnall's encyclopedia set we had at home where my mom bought a copy every week and then she, you know, they would show up in the grocery store and she missed a few weeks so there's a few letters (laughs) missing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> You're missing the D and
2: yeah. the O. Yeah, I mean, like there's one little paragraph about epilepsy. I, I had no idea about any of it. Um, all I know is that, you know, I would had to go to military doctors. So it was gov- basically government health care. Uh, gave me the cheapest drugs possible. Gave me a lot of. Uh, I have all kinds of orthopedic problems because of it. Um,
0: As an eighth grader.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, um, and. Eventually, you know, uh, 16 years old, family moved. My dad mom and dad were in real estate after my dad retired from the Navy. Um, we're talking 1981, 21% interest rate. No one in real estate is going to make any money. We moved to Vegas. My dad opened a little coin shop, and I just started hustling. That's when I found I found, I found out a way to get fake Gucci bags. It was the first one. It's, we're talking 1981. You know, so I'm selling fake Gucci bags at the swap meet, making like $2,000 a weekend. Nice. And then, well, and then like two months later, like some people showed up with... <laughs> fake Gucci bags, they're selling them less than I was selling them for, uh, that I was buying them for. Um, so that, that, that whole thing collapsed. But um, always more—always been an entrepreneur, always worked for myself. Um, I was literally kicked out of school when I was 16 years old because I had epilepsy. I was told I was never going to graduate, I was too sick all the time. I was never going to go, um, basically, they were saying, you have too many absences, you'll just, just fail. Um, but I figured, you know, it just that just sort of pissed me off and I said, I'll show them. And I did.
0: Uh, yes, but it was years. See, this what we love to talk about on this podcast is the climb. People look at you and say, "Oh, he's got a hit show. He's traveling the world. He's so wealthy. He's got merch." This is decades in the making. In fact, after the Gucci purse, you know, foray, you were in repo.
2: Oh, well, no, I used to repo cars at night after work.
0: Okay, explain to people what that is.
2: Well, I mean, the, you know, like you know, the car—you know—you get a hold of like the small car dealerships in town, and they they sell on payments. And if you don't make the payments, they send a guy like me. So uh, you show up, you got to steal the car at one o'clock in the morning, and I've been shot at before. <laughs> okay. uh, well, stealing what kind of car? Well, well, I'm not st- actually. I'm just repo. They didn't make right. the repo. Payments, yeah, yeah. Um, everything from Toyotas to trucks, a little bit of everything, and uh, you just have to. You know, it paid good money
0: how'd you learn to hotwire cars
2: um, i've always been a motorhead my whole life yeah um, any old car i'm you, it's not that safe uh, <laughs> 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 um no I, I to this day i'm a motorhead i still uh, uh i'm a spastic guy on the weekends i still work on my cars
0: okay so you love that you yeah. love old things so you go back to work with dad at this point who came up with the idea to try and pitch this as a TV show?
2: Okay, so for lack of a better term, I was always a media whore. Okay. Okay.
0: We'll <laughs> <Okay. laughs> take it.
2: You know, um, I would, uh, like, right before, the, right before the Super Bowl, I'd take some of my uh, Super Bowl rigs. I'd put them on eBay, really high reserve. I wasn't really going to sell them. But guaranteed, I'd have newspapers calling up, you know, the local news uh, TV stations. I'd have TV stations from L.A. coming up, like, what's this pawn shop with him? And then they'd see, like... Um, Picasso's on the wall and everything like that. Because the day, I mean, right after I, we opened this pawn shop, you know, most people don't realize this. There's, there's chains of pawn shops owned you know, by corporations with 2,000 shops and things like um, it, big, Anyway, big, giant chains. I mean, and I realized I couldn't compete against Walmart. I had to be Tiffany's.
0: Oh, this is Tiffany's. This <laughs> is Tiffany's, especially with, I, I see the, uh, the dinosaur skulls. <laughs> Uh, and and the world war one knives i mean this is fascinating okay. stuff
2: yeah i know so for, for like day one i mean i didn't want my pawn shop looking like some grimy um, you know, some of these pawn shops they just run the place terribly it's all dirty and everything you know i want the bat you know i literally used to tell my employees if the queen of england walks in here she's going to be proud to use our bathroom
0: <laughs> <laughs> So from uh, the toilet to everything else in here, yeah. people bring in not stuff they're going to flush or throw away. Oh, yeah. They bring in what they have to sell.
2: And I, and I also realize, I mean, like, I mean, um, that you know, through six degrees of separation, if you rip somebody off, you know, they're going to tell everybody they know, and everyone's going to. If you are honest with every customer. Okay, and maybe it's only three degrees of separation of them telling everybody, you know, this guy's honest. Um, You'll grow your business. And I grew it, and that's how I grew the business. Everyone, you know, I was always trying to be, I mean, I explained to people, this is what I'm buying for, this is what I plan on selling it for. You know what I mean? Sometimes I'll tell people, like, you know, this is what I'm paying you for. I don't know what I'm going to get out of it.
0: But how can you be a jack of all trades and be an expert in everything from, uh, a pre-Mennonite, I I, mean, I don't even know what I'm talking about, but a BC coins to well this bracelet on your wrist tell me about well, that. Well, first off,
2: uh, you know um, uh like one of my dad's things my dad always told me never be the smartest guy in the room always trying to learn okay okay good um and uh if someone brings something in i don't know about it i'm not gonna pretend to know about it i'm gonna you know i've, I've over the years i have a massive network of like people i deal with okay. you know i mean for the tv show we'd like you know email each other p- pictures and things like that <laughs> uh now we put them on the sh- actually on the show but like no i just people i ask i ask i uh i learn i really am that nerd you're talking to the guy who read The History of Batteries twice.
0: <laughs> twice.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was fascinating. Uh, yeah. Um, and, um, no, I mean, just I've always been, I mean, I shouldn't say this because I'm on television, but I never watch television at night. You know, television's sort of like hot dogs. You really like it until you see how it's made.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, we we yeah. all know.
2: No, I just, I am that nerd. I, I, read, I read physics books for fun.
0: Well, I referenced The Bracelet uh our listeners should know it looks like a very very classy link
2: bracelet it's um uh, it's 1200 years old it's from a, um and it's a viking bracelet um made from um you know we i got the, we got, the, I got all the paperwork and all the x-ray stuff on it uh the metal's uh identical to the gold coins english coins from the eighth century
0: that is fascinating
2: yeah who I mean, brought it's, it's it in cool. i mean where'd you get um, it um, I actually bought this off um, a one of the people from the Viking department at the Met who, who's collecting this stuff too and, you know, paid a little cash.
0: This is Everyone Talks to Liz, and we'll be right
1: back. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie. Formerly known as Angie's List, your go to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now, you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well,
0: And you're at the Met and you're looking at certain things like you are a true expert. But I want to get to the emotions of pawning possessions Uh, for people who don't know. People come in, they need some money, so they leave something maybe that they care about as collateral for how long a term?
2: Uh, My shop's 90 days, you know, and, um, you know, it's... uh... In the United States, the average pot is like a hundred bucks. Okay. Okay. Um, and uh, depending on the state or where you're at, everyone charges a little bit different. But let's say it's a hundred bucks, I charge you know ten or fifteen bucks for the month thing. Uh, you know, people feel you know, it's a lot of interest. But then again, it's not like a credit card where there's not one human piece of human activity. Yeah. Uh, with me, there's a lot of paperwork. There's actually there's a lot of time with an employee because uh, every single thing. Um, that we loan money on or buy off somebody, we actually turn in the paperwork to the local police department and the FBI. Okay. Um, and uh, you know, every once in a while, someone is stupid enough to come in here and get their thumbprint and take a picture of them and everything else like that, and it's stolen. And I lose that money. Uh, uh. Um, and uh, but I, uh, yeah, it, it's it's the simplest form of banking. Yeah. You know, um, you lo- I, I loan you money and you don't pay me back. I don't go after you. I just keep your merchandise. That was the agreement we had. What
0: is the most fascinating pawn story in this shop that over the years, since nineteen eighty nine, since it's been open, that you really always remember?
2: A guy came in with seven human skulls and a duffel bag. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) And I was like and no, no he so there was like a dental school in the Midwest, okay? <laughs> oh, and they were selling off a ton of stuff. So he bought a you know, he bought like uh, like boxes and boxes of stuff. And I guess they used to use these in the classrooms and everything like that. And I just looked at him and went like like I just told you, like, when I buy something off somebody, I gotta turn paperwork into the FBI and M- Metro here. You know this shit storm <laughs> this is gonna create.
0: Yeah, a bunch of skulls. No, but, but
2: like, yeah, he had seven human skulls, which was like, okay, that that was the weirdest thing that's ever walked in the dark. Tell
0: me about the most exciting thing somebody has brought in.
2: I get excited a lot about a lot of stuff. Okay, you know, I, I just love really cool history, weird stuff. Um, I sort of fall. I have, I have a very bad car addiction. As a matter of fact, I you know I bit the bull. I've actually taken some to Barrett Jackson here in two weeks. Uh, yeah. Um, no, I, I get excited about cars. I get excited about uh, just really cool history stuff. It's got a great story. I, I, follow, I mean, I collect books. Mm-hmm. I like. I collect books that were banned by the Catholic Church.
0: Nice. Uh,
2: like you know, uh, I mean, I have a lot of books that you know. Uh, I have one book on the uh, on immortality written in like 1600. The author's dead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I just bought uh I, I a really <laughs> weird books. Uh I have uh, books on how to turn base bevels into gold, which was which um a possession of those books you know, back in the day in Europe uh, were, was yeah. a, was a capital offense.
0: Oh, sort of like writing books on why you shouldn't pay your taxes, yeah, right?
2: Yeah. Um, well, the reason why it was a capital offense, they did not understand physics. They didn't understand chemistry. And uh, the governments of Europe were afraid that if you ever did try, figure out how to make gold, it would make the gold of the Treasury worthless. Of course. Yeah.
0: Uh, that's the free market working, isn't it, though? And maybe yeah. somebody comes up with that idea. Yeah. Uh, the emotion of pawn. Shops and and seeing what people bring in I see a lot of wedding rings and they are gorgeous hmm. I'm talking engagement rings with beautiful diamonds in them. Yeah. Oh, that's got to be tough for people to walk in off the street and say Yeah, well,
2: uh, yeah, well actually a lot of people are there. You know, when they're actually glad to get rid of it uh.
0: <laughs> They say glad to get rid of him. I mean it
2: But here's the weird thing you can go in the most high-end jewelry stores in Manhattan, um, and those diamonds are most likely from a pawn shop.
0: Wait, what?
2: Uh, Federal Trade Commission rules. There's no such thing as a used diamond.
0: That's true. Because so, they're millions and millions of years I mean, old. I so. mean,
2: most stuff I retail here. Mm-hmm. In, like, but before I was like, a monster. I mean, I would literally take my diamonds to New York sell them to diamond dealers. Those diamond dealers would sell them to big giant jewelry stores and everything like that. So if you go into the highest of high-end jewelry stores, it's a very good chance that you are going to get diamond from a pawn shop.
0: Fascinating. Now, how does the lab-grown diamond uh, phenomenon play into this? Because lab-grown diamonds come from a slice of a real diamond that's then subjected to crazy pressure. So chemically, they are exactly the same.
2: Um, but they're, um, okay. So there's two different kinds. There's the ones with the pressure and then there's the disposition ones. Um, but they are chemically the same, but their growth patterns are not. Oh. Okay. So I got a little machines over there. They just tell me within a few seconds that, Hey, this is a slab diamond.
0: And is that
2: worth less? It's worth basically nothing. Oh, really? There, there, there's no resale value on them. Um, uh, wholesale they're very they're a couple of, you know the big ones are only a couple hundred bucks a carrot i know a lot of large jewelry store a lot of uh jewelry stores now they yeah. literally when you buy a, a, a nice diamond ring off you they will give just give you a lab grown ring for your vacation ring
0: <laughs> yeah just so that you can just <laughs> yeah. wear it in, uh, yeah, in case. yeah no, the lab gr- yeah, um
2: <sighs> People buy rarity, they buy a story, you know, a diamond that's been on the ground and everywhere is got that magical thing to it. A lab-grown diamond no one wants.
0: So today, you are a huge star. You've been traveling the world. Tell me about your life and your business and where you plan to take it from here. You make a lot of money on merchandise, too.
2: Oh, um, I do really good with merchandise. Um, I mean, I go to, I mean, I do a lot, I mean, do a lot of commercials in Latin America, you know. Uh, I uh, just having a good time, you know what I mean. Um, uh, I try and take a couple months since COVID ended, everybody's wanted content, it's been insane. I haven't taken no time off. I had uh, 160 nights in hotels last year, wow. Um, uh, and uh, so but more or less told everybody, like, yeah, I'm not gonna do that this year, so we're filming this season here, but uh, no, I got six kids, I got grandbabies. uh,
0: Anybody want to go in the business with that? No.
2: Yeah, I told them I know why, because one of these days I'm just going to sell everything and just uh, be a curmudgeon at my ranch.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I like that thought. Let's end with this. What advice do you have for people who are listening right now who maybe have a health problem like you did, but have a dream or really feel that the world hasn't understood their, their different kind of intellect, like yours. I mean, I've really learned from this conversation, you are one type of brain that, that is very unusual. You are a, a sponge for information. You love learning about different things and becoming an expert.
2: I mean, as far I mean, like, um, like I told you earlier, I was talking at LSU, like a uh, last year, with graduating business class, and one guy's, "Well, my dream is to do this." I'm like, whoa, "Whoa, whoa, Your dreams make that your hobby. Find a real job that you can make money at that that, that you like. You're never going to have the dream job, okay? You're always going to have it, you know, you know. But find something you like doing. Do you know that dream thing? Do as a hobby or something like that. But like, you also got to realize if you're going to be successful in business, you really, really have to take risk. Okay, <laughs> that's the hard part. Okay, and I can tell you, I got a million stories. Here's a quick little story if we got time. Yeah. Okay, so 20 years ago, um, when I was married to my ex-wife, we had a three-month-old baby. She calls me up and goes like, will you go?" and we had terrible internet service at the house. She goes, can you go online and order me some uh, Pony baby bottles? I go, what are you talking about? She goes like, there's these baby bottles for infants. I just saw them on Oprah. Can you go, on, <laughs> can you go online and order some? And I go like, "Was it, a rerun? <laughs> And she goes, no. I go, no, because they were talking about this and this. I go, okay, cool. So, like, five minutes later, I'm on the phone with these guys, and we're like, I know it's weird that a pawn shop wants 5,000 baby bottles. (laughs) Where do I want your money? Because I already had a whole internet department. I just saw the opportunity, and I took it. And I made an extra 15 grand that month. Um, So. You know, and um, I mean, because I've done a million crazy things like that. Some make money on them. Some I, I don't make money. But in the end, I make more money than I lost. Um, and you have to be willing to risk it because you—you've had friends. You've—you might even done it yourself. Like you see something on television. Like I thought about that years ago, but you didn't do anything about it. Yeah, move, act, do you know, it. You, you, you got to, I mean, you got yeah. You know, like Henry Ford went broke before he had Ford. You know, I mean, you. You have to be able to willing to risk and things like that. And if that, you know that's if you really want to, or otherwise you can be happy with a normal job. But like you know, um, I just I don't understand miserable people. I know people with ten times as much money, money as me, and they're miserable. I, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. It's so easy to be happy. And life life is really short. I mean, literally, like three weeks ago, I was 25 years old.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Time slips through our fingers yeah. like mercury. Yeah,
2: but like, you know, um, you, but if it takes risk, okay? You see an opportunity, sees it. I mean, what's the worst happen? You can lose money and then just start over and do it again? That's, I've done it plenty of times.
0: Hey, there's no such thing as failure. In fact, it is said that success is sometimes standing at the very top of a mountain of failures
2: yeah i mean i've had a lot of failed businesses but like uh, the ones that worked, i've had some other ones that worked out
0: oh just a few yeah rick it is such a pleasure to hear your story thank you so much for letting us into your vegas pawn shop you know i've never been in one and here i am in the top <laughs> one this is so cool thank you well, thanks so for much having me. oh it's great to, what did you guys think we've got an audience here Woo! <laughs> Oh, they love him. You guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I know, I know that many of you who haven't seen the show, doesn't matter. His story is even better than any television show. And I'm glad he told it right here on Everyone Talks to Liz. As always, 3 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday, the Claimin' Countdown. And uh, we're we're never pawning anything except great information (laughs) for money and how to grow it and how to preserve it and how to earn it. So stay tuned. Hope you watch. Thanks so much want to listen ad free you can do it with a fox news podcasts plus subscription on apple podcasts and then amazon prime members you can listen to this show ad free on the amazon music app